Welcome into the latest edition of Chalk Talk from the Denver Pioneers. As it is uh, the middle of the month of December, we have hit the end of non-conference play in basketball, and we are headed into Summit League play. As crazy as that is, as the uh, dynamic Chalk Talk duo is reunited for the second straight day. I, mean, uh, I am Tyler Mon. Dosha Woods, Denver Women's Basketball Head Coach. We got to hang out last night uh, during halftime of the men's game, uh, a DU win over UC San Diego, and now we get to do it again. And as I told you at the end of the interview yesterday, I'm just going to ask you all the same stuff today. What's going oh, on? All the same questions. How do we get so lucky though? Two days in a row. I know. In person, in flesh. Just... I'm telling you, people are they're they're taking notice. They're like, we got to get those two. Everybody, I'm actually everybody's so excited. Not once, but twice. Like, what did they do to deserve this? It's fantastic. You're all welcome. These are yes. your holiday gifts. Dosha <laughs> and I get to do more interviews together. Yes, and, happy holidays. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. The, the Pioneers headed into conference play coming up on Monday in a place that is near and dear to Dosha's heart, Western Illinois, the first road game of Summit League play. We're going to talk about that coming up here in a little bit. But uh, you wrap up the non-conference portion of the schedule and uh, five and six, uh, but a team that has played really, really well over the last couple of weeks, especially. Um, let's talk kind of in broad strokes first, something that I did ask you yesterday. When you look back on where your team was, early November, late October, going into this season to where they are now. What are you happiest with, with the way this team has grown through its first 11 games this season? Yeah, I, as I said before, I, I think I'm happy with just our balance offensively. You know, uh, Uju is doing a great job of just leading us uh, in, in scoring and rebounding. But I think having four players averaging close to uh, double figures, I think Tess is at nine. And then you have uh, Boyd and Jackson also in there. So I'm just really pleased with our ability to share the ball. And, you know, it, and especially the way we start the game, it's hard to figure out who you're going to really have to key on. You know, teams have tried to double team. Uh, Uju, and then you have to, okay, well, you can't leave Jackson, so you can't leave Boyd, and then Santos and make some shots. So I'm really excited about that. And and obviously, uh, uh, India Sanders coming in and just being able to facilitate and, and, and find the score. So our balance offensively is probably what I'm most proud of. Um, again, obviously, we want, want the defense to get a little bit better. Um, but like I said, if we can score 85 points a game and hold somebody to 80, then I won't harp on defense as much. <laughs> And it's a fun style to watch too. And yeah. uh, we we talked yesterday about a game that I've got to ask you about because it got the pioneers on national television uh, on sports center, the night that it concluded. And uh, it was a 64, 64 end of regulation score against the Butler Bulldogs in Indianapolis. And four overtimes later, you get to leave uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse with a 100 to 94 victory. Um, that game was insane. You were on Sports Center that night. We talked about it yesterday. You said you've never been part as a coach of a, a quadruple overtime game. Um, and your team, the resilience to go into a, a road venue, um, you know, force a, a team into overtime and then play four OTs and come away with a win. That's one of those benchmark games that it feels like going forward in a season. You can draw back and be like, hey, Look at what we did that one night in Indianapolis. This this adversity that we're facing now is nothing. Now that you're a little ways removed from that game, what were the biggest lessons you took out of it for your team? You know, we, you stole my word and just the resiliency. I, I think anytime you know, we, we talk, okay, we play 40 minutes, 40 minutes. If we need 45, and it's funny, I've never really said 60, right? If we need 60 <laughs> minutes. Um, but, you know, in practice, we do these five-minute scrimmages, well, five-minute scrimmages. So uh, for us, it was like, okay, this is another one of those five minutes, another one of those five minutes. But, you know, I think it's just a huge credit to our team to just find a way to, to keep digging. And, you know, you talk about uh, different players having to step step up. We talk about our bench not being very big. And so you never know when it's going to be your night, when your name is going to be called. 
And, you know, for, for that night, it was Cheyenne Forney, you know, it, someone who hadn't played very much for us, right, had some sparing minutes here and came in and just with her size and her length, uh, you know, they, they had a big kid that was shooting like 70% on the year, just phenomenal. And so we knew we were going to need her a little bit. And I didn't know I was going to need her enough for a double-double is what she finished with. So, you know, it was really just a fun moment for our team. And, and it was great being on the side, the winning side, so you can continue to talk about those lessons and play that long and, and not get the ultimate reward of the win at the end. So I was just really proud of our resilience. I think earlier in the year, we had some games where uh, we didn't trust that we could finish it out. You know, we'd get down and, and had a hard time getting ourselves back out of that slump. And that's what I was most proud of with the game was kind of game of just runs. And we just were able to withheld and withstand everything that they threw at us. Diane Forney, uh, you know, the the highlight play that we're going to talk about from that game, India Sanders hits the three-pointer in triple overtime, but Cheyenne gave you the game-tying layup in the first OT, game-tying layup in the second OT. She was fantastic in the fourth overtime, uh, but that third overtime, you do get that three from India Sanders, and it's kind of the, the dream play for any kid, counting down a clock, taking that shot, knocking it down uh, in a big-time moment, and the sideline celebration, uh, <laughs> Nico Blankenship, our, our SID for Women's Hoops, is going to throw throw this into this chalk talk video give us the play-by-play of the sideline celebration because i know that blew up you know it did and i honestly you know india isn't one who shoots for us often and every time i told everybody they had the green light till we get the conference play then we'll we've i've had individual meetings and kind of explain whose role is what and so that whole game i was like you can shoot like and unless i tell you to stop shooting keep shooting and so she was hesitant and she missed a couple. And so uh, I don't know, I think it was maybe the end of regulation maybe, or or the first overtime, we didn't necessarily get up the shot and the ball's in her hands. And I remember I was so uh, frustrated, we'll say. And so when she got the shot up, I honestly wasn't expecting it. So uh, I have a few people text me, it was like, how do you still get your knees up that high? And I'm like, I don't even know what happened, what my reaction was. And we all were just, because of who it was, if Boy hits the shot or Jackson hits the shot, you kind of expect that, but it was her. So it was just, I, I was like, I definitely lost a few pounds. I felt like on the high knee celebration. Yes. The yes. Uh, exhaustion of a four overtime game, like after the third overtime on the sideline, did you just have the thought like, what if we never go home? this game just continues forever like how at that point especially we talked last night you don't have the deepest bench right now you got 10 healthy bodies like at some point I would think an exhaustion and a stress level sets in of like how is this thing going to end Yes. You know, and especially for us, how we want to play, we, we like to get a lot of possessions. We like to run the ball. And so at this point, I'm thinking they don't have any legs. You know, Jackson played 58 of the of the 60 minutes. Boyd played 52. I think Uji played 49. So, um, you know, everyone's playing a lot of minutes still, which would normally be just 40 minutes. And I'm trying to think, do I want to slow it down? Do I want to push because they're also tired, too, so, because they're trying to keep up. So definitely a lot of thoughts going through my head. And, um, you know, back to uh, your point about Cheyenne making those plays, I give Juice a lot of credit because the plays were for her. And, and I told her, you know, people give uh, LeBron James a hard time because he's not the, you know, Kobe, Michael, give me the ball. I want I want to shoot. He always makes the right play. And that's what I thought she did in that game. She finished with eight assists and, uh, you know, through double teams, through triple teams sometimes, but she made the right play. And I, I give her a lot of credit for even trusting Shy enough to make that play and not feel like she has to do everything for her. So uh, she, she was a warrior for us that night.
You talk about assists, and that's something that we talked about last night um, with how that category tells a good story for your team. When you've got a lot of assists, you know it's more than likely a, a good night. And especially having to manage minutes and having to manage workload for players right now. You know, India Sanders is a, a very good example in the fact that she started a lot earlier in the season. You've been bringing her off the bench. She can contribute some big minutes in stretches where um, you need some fresh legs. What has that been like, especially through the last couple of games in non-conference play, getting yourself set up for a little bit of a break before you start on Monday at Western Illinois, managing these minutes and also having somebody like that who can inject some energy. She played 47 minutes in that game, but when you have her as an option to go to as a reserve or as a starter, it seems like it provides a very good dimension for you guys as a staff. Absolutely. You know, I, I had a chance when we we're in California to talk to her and Michaela, and I just said, just kind of depending on our opponent, you know, I, I think now at this point in the season, uh, we kind of have a, a decent rotation, if you will. And, you know, just depending on what we need, if we need size and somebody to kind of defend and rebound, uh, they know uh, Kay's going to get the nod if, if we need another ball handler out there. And both of them are just great, handled it very softless, obviously still going to get in the game and play. Um, but I think Andy, Andy brings a lot of just her experience and being able to, um, I know she's getting comfortable with our pace and been able to push it and being okay with shooting the ball, right? You don't have to just be out there and facilitate the whole time, but she's a great asset coming off the bench because she brings a different level of, of just maturity to the point guard spot. You know, Tess has been starting that point guard and she's almost like a, a makeshift. You know, we have, a, that, that's our bigger lineup, but uh, definitely give any a lot of credit for her leadership and how she's able to come in and, and impact the game both with her energy and, and ability to pass. Joseph, for the, the next step in this season now, um, you've learned so much about your team over the first, you know, six weeks of this campaign. Now you dive into Summit League play and you get to go back to a place where you played as a, as a college athlete in Western Illinois and a place where you're so familiar with the community. And, um, you know, Western's got such an impressive history uh, on that side in the, in the women's program. The men's program obviously has been very successful this season as well. But for you going back there um, last year, and this is something we touched on yesterday, you got to go back there, but there were no fans in the building. And so you saw some people who you you know know from your time at Western and uh, you know got to be around the the facilities and and being back in Macomb and all that. But this year it's going to feel different. Um, tell us about you know kind of what we talked about last night. You're going to have fans in the building and and you're going to have people that you remember uh, from your time there. Now you're going to be on the other side wearing the other colors. But how much of an emotional impact is that going to have? Uh, you know being back there for the second time as a head coach, but really kind of the first full time now in a, an era where we get to have fans back in buildings. You know, I'm definitely excited to have fans. I, I think, um, you know, a lot of uh, Macomb is a small community. So a lot of those people that supported me when I was a player and coach, they're still there. Um, they uh, are diehard Leatherneck fans, so I don't expect them. I think they're going to be cheering for me personally, but definitely cheering for the Le Leathernecks to win. Um, I'm just excited. I know that a lot of them were instrumental just in my growth um, as a person and as a player. And, and I say this often that every day I show up, uh, it's my goal to, to work hard, but it's more of a thank you to those that helped me get to this point. Um, so I'm excited for, for them to just to see. I, I think it's going to be funny because the type of coach that I am, um, was definitely not the type of player that I was. Um, the passion is still the same, but you know, as a player, you got a lot more control because the ball's in your hand, you can get a stop. And um, I think they'll probably be shocked at just how patient I am on the sidelines. 
And that's what the players kept asking me this week during our individual meetings, like, how are you always so patient? And, and I don't know, it's like, I, I see the kind of stress on their face. So it honestly calms me down in some ways, but yeah, I had a lot of great times uh, in Western Hall. I'm excited to be back. Definitely looking forward to fans because um, I'm going to be excited to get the win in front of fans. Um, last year, we dropped both games and it was actually my first technical. All the games I'm in there, right? As a player, as a coach. <laughs> First, first game as a head coach, or second game, I get a technical. And I was like, at least let me make it a memorable one. Jeez. Like, get your money's worth at least. Right. I didn't even get my money's worth. It was just like, it's my sarcasm. I need to work. I've tried to work on it with my sarcasm. Well, you get Western on Monday. Wednesday, you travel to St. Thomas. And I know you're focused right now on the Leathernecks. They're the first game up. Um, but you'll have your first matchup with the Tommies. They joined the Summit League for this year. What do you know about that program? They're making a, a big jump, D3 to D1. Um, and they obviously are in that transitional phase right now of, uh, of joining a conference, getting into conference play for the first time. Uh, what do you know about that program going in? They're kind of the unknown on the schedule for this year. Yeah, that's, that's probably the best way to put it, right? The unknown. I think, uh, you know, e, this is my 21st year coaching. So there's, there's you know, Division One, Division Two, Division Three, and like different levels. People are there for, di for different reasons. And I think uh, for them, really, just the Division One game is just different. Um, so trying to adjust and, you know, some, some styles of play work at some levels and some don't at the other levels, I think for, they're going to be completely opposite of Western. I consider this road trip, like a Omaha Denver road trip. You know, I joke with Carrie, we might be the worst road trip because our teams couldn't be more opposite. And that's kind of how I feel, you know, Western plays very similar to us. It's just going to be a matter of which one of us can be making threes and, and uh, St. Thomas is want to slow the game down a little bit um, and, and probably be more Omaha-like. So I'm excited to see what they bring. And it's been a different area, uh, especially recruiting-wise, that we can get up there now. And, and now there's not one Division One school in the state. There's two now. St. Thomas can say that. So uh, I, I know the styles are contrasting, and that's what's going to be difficult about the road trips is just, you know, two opponents almost back-to-back, -back, but two completely different styles of play. Um, so I'm going to be excited to see how we respond. Pioneers will return home coming up on December 30th to take on Oral Roberts and then New Year's Day against Kansas City. Um, so you'll get you got a little bit of break before the start of conference play. You'll play on the 20th and the 22nd, then another little bit of a break uh, before the 30th. And in between all of that, uh, we've got the, the Christmas holiday. And I know uh, off the court, you guys are um, always working on being the members of the community that you want your program to be. Last year, you adopted a family for Christmas. Um, this year, you're doing the same thing and partnering with the Action Center in Jefferson County. Um, and it's something that you can tell really means a lot to your players. It's not just a, oh, here's a, a social program thing that we want to be involved in for our program and, um, you know, community action stuff, all of that. They really take this stuff very seriously. And it's really cool to see, especially around the holidays, um, what it means to them. Tell us about, you know, kind of last year doing this. I know it was something that you established and said, this is what we want to do every year around this time of year. Um, we're going to have a feature on this uh, during the next men's basketball telecast. Um, as well with some conversation with some of your players. Um, but take us through what this means to you, to your staff, and obviously to your players. Uh, yes, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting this question, but um, thank you. For I like to hit you with the hard-hitting ones. Yeah, I know this is hard. Um, you know, I, I first want to thank Shane and Nico for coming out and just uh, filming it. You know, it's not something that I wanted to do necessarily for the publicity. It's as I told the team and I told the team last year and this year, um, growing up, um, I was that person that my family we were on Section A, we were on welfare. So we always relied on these type of programs. 
uh, for a holiday uh, for Christmas. And I remember my, my brother, sister and I would always like hope we got a good family or hope that someone adopted us. And if they didn't, then the Salvation Army would kind of just fill in. So we'd have something to open. And I said, if I was ever in the position to kind of give back to make sure at least for that day, uh, somebody could have a great Christmas, I was going to do so. And I'm fortunate to be in that position. And so last year when I presented it to the team, um, you know, we just kind of left it open-ended, uh, give what you can, or here's the list and, you know, buy a gift. And so it's been cool for our players because uh, both times this year we went and delivered, uh, we haven't met the family um, that's not how the program set up, but we went and delivered the gifts. And I think for them just to see how much the Action Center does for those in need and just how much, how, how far their gift is going to go. Um, we only did one family this year because of timing, but definitely going to look to do two to three next year. And I, I'm just so proud of our players because we got everything from $5 to $100 that our players donated of their own money or just gifts that they went and got and just a pride that they took one of the little girls asked for a Nerf gun. And I think we ended up getting like three because everybody was like, you know, wanted this style and wanted that style. So I, I think it's just a fun way. And, and it's a great time for us around the holidays just to remember that uh, we are fortunate to be in the positions that we are, whether we are, uh, whether all my staff or even our players, just in terms of having this opportunity to uh, compete at this level and get their education. So uh, anytime that I can kind of put our players in a situation to um, give back and be grateful for what they are and and to be a role model to someone else, um, I'm excited to do so. And as you can tell, uh, I'm doing my best not to get emotional, but this, this is something that I said will be a staple just because I know how much it meant to me as a kid. And to just think Christmas Day to be able to put a smile on somebody else's face. And so when they go back to school, they actually have something to talk about. Like we did get gifts this year and not have to be embarrassed. So I'm just really proud of the way our program was able to step up in that area. That is really pretty amazing stuff. It's uh, I'm doing my best not to get emotional too, but it's um, and it's, especially at this time of year is just something that means so much more. And it's it's so cool when you see those moments where college athletes step outside of their own boundaries and realize like, oh, this is so much bigger uh, than just what we are, or what we have here. And um, it's pretty incredible stuff. Um, and it, uh, you know, it always all comes back to basketball. And as soon as the, the holidays are wrapped up, you guys will be back home inside Hamilton Gymnasium for your first couple of home games in conference play. Um, tell us about just, you know, final question, these early games in conference play uh, to get settled coming out of your 11 game non-conference slate, get acclimated to Summit League play. What are you most excited to see from your team over these next four, the first two on the road, first two at home? You know, I, I, the continued growth uh, offensively, like I said, it tests right under nine points a game and told our, our, our goal is 10 and conference play and then maybe to get Indy up uh, closer to that 10 mark because obviously we, we like to play fast we want to score the ball uh, but defensively uh, you know this just this is an area we'll continue to work on I'll continue to harp on it I know people may not believe me but we work on it it's on the practice <laughs> plan uh, we do spend a lot of time on it but you know the last couple of games we have rebounded the ball a lot better and I think to be able to, to finish plays like we have um, you know starting conference with uh, you know, the, the two games on the road and then uh, UMKC and Oral Roberts here, uh, UMKC and, and, and uh, Western Illinois are probably two of the hottest teams right now. So I'm excited, you know, just to kind of see, you know, what they're what, what they're coming into conference with and just you know, everybody's had different types of schedules. And I'm proud of the schedule that we've played. Uh, I know that it's been challenging and it's only going to make us better. But I think our growth uh, defensively um, is what I'll continue to look for. And, and if we don't grow in the ways that I want, then we'll just try to get up 85 points again.
I think that's a fun way to do it too. Pioneer yeah. basketball head coach Dosha Woods says Denver is on the road at Western Illinois to start Summit League play and then at St. Thomas and then back at home. You can get your tickets now at DenverPioneers.com for the Pioneers against Oral Roberts and Kansas City. And uh, so good to see you for the second day in a row. Yesterday, we got to do it in person. I said, I'll, we'll have to do it over a Zoom screen again tomorrow, but here we yes. are. It's still just- But I feel like I have the carryover from yesterday. Exactly. Like, I guess exactly. to see you actually got the like. Like the momentum like eyeball of the eyeball. right it's uh you know what a novel concept in this weird world that we inhabit in 2021 uh doja good luck on the road enjoy the the trip back to macomb and uh up to the twin cities and we'll see when you guys get back all right thank you tyler go pios go pios wrapping up this episode of chalk talk we'll talk to you next time with the denver pioneers